Welcome to The Unconventional Path, entrepreneurship and innovation stories and ideas. Hi, I'm Bela Musitz, coming to you from upstate New York. I'm a former three-time entrepreneur, venture capitalist, and a and business coming to school you from professor. Münster, Germany, I'm Mike Wasserman, professor of international management at the Münster University of Applied Sciences. Thanks for joining us today. When Bela and I were both on the faculty of Clarkson University, we would have lots of interesting conversations about how the world is changing and specifically about how innovation and entrepreneurship are changing. We would do this over coffee or lunch as time allowed. A bit over a year ago, I moved to Germany, and then shortly thereafter, Bela retired. But Bela had the idea to continue these conversations in the form of a podcast. And we could invite others to listen in and do this on a regular basis. And I actually thought this was a horrible idea. I don't consider myself a podcast guy. I wasn't into the idea at all. But... Bela was right as usual, and we've had a great time so far. Yeah, and here we are, Mike, uh, over 52 episodes later, still doing it. And having fun. (laughs) Yes. Hey, so join us each week as we talk with interesting people we've met to share stories, ideas, and insights into innovation, entrepreneurship, and the people that take unconventional paths to find happiness in life and work. So, Bela, what do we have queued up this week? So this week's guest is Becky Daniels. She is the executive director of Discover Schenectady, and uh, she's taking what I would describe as an entrepreneurial approach uh, to working with existing businesses to help them be successful. Yeah, I think this is an interesting interview, Bela, and our audience will like it. But before we begin, let me take a second to remind our listeners that our podcast is brought to you in part by the law firm of Phillips Lytle, LLP. And this is a sponsorship that makes a lot of sense to us. Bela, you know this firm well, don't you? I sure do. You know, I have worked with the key entrepreneurship practice partners at Phillips Lytle for over 20 years. Uh, They have some nationally recognized attorneys, and they all take an entrepreneurial approach to legal matters, and they have a long, long history of success with startup businesses. So Phillips Lytle is my go-to team for guiding startup businesses down the path to success. Yeah, we're excited to have Philip Slidell as the show sponsor, Bela. And you and I both know that they think like entrepreneurs, they take a pragmatic approach to getting things done, and they spot issues before they become problems. So we're both comfortable in saying, look, if you need good, solid advice starting, funding, or selling a business, whether you're a single-person startup or working on a nine-figure exit, we can confidently recommend the attorneys at Philip Slidell. Bela, what's the best way for listeners to get in touch with them? So for more information, contact Rich Honan. Uh, who is a Phillips Lytle partner. And by the way, Rich has been on this uh, podcast twice. Uh, back in episode eight, he talked about uh, how entrepreneurial he is as an individual and how he started his law firm, which is an entrepreneurial endeavor. And he was also on episode number 45, where uh, as a hobby, he owns a couple of racehorses. And he talked about uh, how entrepreneurial uh, the racehorse business is. So, hey, if you are an old school person like Mike and I, you can give Rich a call at 518-618-1225. Or if you're of the generation that prefers online communication, you can reach Rich directly from his firm's website at philipslidle.com. That's P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S-L-Y-T-L-E.com. And Bela, we'll have this in the show notes, so the viewers should be able to see this information in the show notes of their podcasting app, right? You betcha. Yep. It'll be in there. Perfect. And hey, it'll be great for us if you let Rich know you heard about Philip Slidle from listening to the Unconventional Path podcast. Okay. With that said, let's jump in uh, to today's interview with Becky Daniels. 
Hello, listeners. Bela here. Today, I'm with Becky Daniels. See, she is the executive director of Discover Schenectady. One might ask, what is Discover Schenectady? So uh, we'll get to that. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Becky. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Bela. Sure. So let's dive right into that question. Sure. If you are at a social networking event and you get introduced to somebody and they say, Becky, what do you do? How do you answer that question? That is a great question. And I go to a lot of those events, so I have a very ready answer for you. And uh, I try to keep it very simple at first, and then it usually sparks more conversation. But basically, I promote Schenectady County for a living. Okay. And promote, what does that mean? Uh, so there's a lot that goes into it, which is why I always try to gauge uh, where I am and who my audience is, depending on uh, how long I will, uh, how long-winded I'll be in that answer. But um, so I work for a nonprofit organization that seeks to increase the occupancy tax collected in Schenectady County. So we're funded when folks come and stay here in a hotel. There's a tax that's collected, and we get a portion of that to hopefully make sure more people can come and stay here. So we market everything that goes on in the county. Um, there's some very um, special and unique things we have here, Proctor's Theater being a mainstay. So our entertainment scene is just wonderful. Rivers Casino and Resort, which is in its second year, full year now of operation. They have a sports book there now where people can play sports bets, which is a very new uh, new thing for me, but I'm certainly learning about it. Uh, we have an awesome ale trail. We have six breweries in Schenectady County, which uh, for a county of our size is actually a, a pretty dense collection of really wonderful craft breweries. So those are some of the big things that that we promote. But any types of uh, events, festivals, live music, things that are going on, we do our best to try to make sure folks know about it and uh, will come visit us. Oh, great. So uh, in some other places around the world, this would be maybe called the tourism folks? Yes. Uh, so there are so many, as in any industry, uh, alphabet soup kind of tossed around. We are a TPA, a tourism promotion agency, or um, some folks might refer to us as a DMO, a destination marketing organization, but certainly tourism bureau, uh, tourism convention bureau um, is a, a category we would fall under. Yeah. So we're Schenectady in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like many uh, counties and towns and states and sort of uh, uh, upstate, or I should say in New England and Ohio, Indiana, mm-hmm. you know, those sort of rust belt, uh, manu- heavy manufacturing sure. uh counties and towns uh, from the past, Uh, they've had some challenging times over the last 30, 40 years. And uh, so uh, help me understand how this plays a role in sort of helping the overall economy within within a place like Schenectady. In t- terms of tourism, absolutely. Sure. And, and to your point, yes, you know, we're, I think, very proud and we still do celebrate our history of being uh, the city that lights and hauls the world. Uh, General Electric was founded here. The American Locomotive Company was certainly a huge piece of our economy um, back at that time. And when some of that industry went away, like you had said, many Rust Belt towns and, and upstate New York towns went through a, a more challenging time. I think we have really done a great job of embracing our history. Uh, we as the Tourism Promotion Agency, we work really closely with our county's historical society, and we celebrate a lot of that. Um, and I think now um, coming into to the modern time and the revitaliz- revitalization that we've experienced here, um, there's some really exciting things going on, and, and the history is a part of it, but now we're moving forward with our, our craft beverage industry, um, entertainment, and the arts is huge here. Uh, live music, Proctor's Theater, and the Broadway series that they bring in. And so really what, what we try to do um, 
you know, part of that history of the rougher time, there was certainly a narrative, I think, that developed around Schenectady County as it not being a, a great place to go. It wasn't somewhere that was desirable to live, work, stay, or play. And really, I see the role of our organization as being a, a a clearinghouse to sort of share that story of what we've become and how wonderful we are, all that we have to offer, and really try to shift that narrative. There's a, a little story I tell all the time when people ask me kind of how, um, you know, how I, I came to be in terms of this role and, and where I get some inspiration. And when I was younger, people told me all the time that Schenectady was not a good place to live. And I remember reading there was a weekly publication called Metroland, and they would do these best of issues. And one of the issues, it was the best view of each of the the cities in this tri-city capital region area. And the best view of Schenectady was in your rearview mirror on the way out of town. Ouch. And that hurts. It was a very long time ago at this mm-hmm. point. But clearly, this is something that has stuck with me from my, my teenage years. And I was always very proud of where I came from. And so I, I have that in my head a lot of wanting to make sure we're never in that place again, that the best view of Schenectady is, you know, maybe walking down uh, State Street at night and seeing all the lights come on and the people around, especially on show nights at Proctor's or driving out to Dwaynesburg. There's a beautiful brewery out there and the scenery and this time of year with the fall and the leaves changing color. So um, there's a lot more to see in Schenectady. And, and I really, that's, that's what I see our role being is helping to contribute to that, yes. that turnaround. So back in 1976, I lived in Schenectady. Oh, so nice. my first job out of graduate school uh, was at General Electric Research, R&D. And I okay. lived over on Girling Street, had an apartment yeah. there. And, you know, that was uh, a challenging time for Schenectady because uh, General Electric was doing some significant downsizing mm-hmm. uh, during the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And I would say that the uh, sort of um, mental attitude of individuals that you ran into every day uh, did not have a positive outlook. And now that I've been back uh, and worked here in Schenectady for a while at, at Union Graduate College and Clarkson University, it's really changed. There's a, there's a much yeah. better vibe. People are excited. So what are the things that sort of contribute to that? What does it take? You know, I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say that because that means I'm doing my job. Uh, when we started as an organization uh, back in 2017, we brought in some help uh, from a strategic planning consultant and really got our, we have a 19-member board of directors. So we've got a lot of folks, a lot of stakeholders that sit around this very table and help us make those decisions. And we decided collectively that before we could go out and market Schenectady as a destination for you know folks in New York City looking for a weekend away or these other drive in markets, we really needed our locals to be our ambassadors. And so our, our first uh, two years have really been focused around changing that tide of Schenectady from within and creating that local pride. And uh, a lot of that can be done nowadays online. So when you um, look at our social media, our digital marketing, our website, we put a lot of effort and time into those pieces because it gives people something to share and to talk about. And it's a great way of disseminating that information. So I think um, really we've we've done a lot with creating content. We do a series of food videos to celebrate our restaurants. When there's a big production coming to town, we try to work with our local partners to celebrate Hamilton um, and, and really tell that story. And so we've we've spent a lot of time trying to really increase that pride in Schenectadians um, so that when visitors do come into town, there's not anyone kind of telling that negative story. We want everyone to be a, a, almost an ambassador for us and our organization. And we actually even created a, a visitor's guide that's from the perspective of insiders. So we recruited 12 folks that live, work, stay, and play all in Schenectady to help share their favorite things as a guide for visitors coming in. So now that we've 
you know, that work will never be done. We want to continue to cultivate that, but we're in this great place now where we can start sharing that story more broadly. Oh, great. You know, as, as I hear you describing this, it, it seems to me to be very much of an entrepreneurial approach to sort of attracting visitors, you know, bringing folks into town, et cetera, or the county. Uh, oftentimes, when a, when a large employer leaves a particular geographic location, uh, what people try to do is find another large employer to replace them. Sure. And, and that's a lot of competition, right? Everyone's, everyone's fighting that same battle, Definitely. and there's only so many people looking uh, for that. So I, I think this is this is sort of a very interesting approach in that it's entrepreneurial, it's more grassroots oriented, Absolutely. you're getting the community engaged and involved, you're getting the, the local businesses sort of engaged, because they're part of it. Absolutely. They're, they're part of that attraction. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so what's a typical day like for you? Whew. Now that's a tougher question, um, because they're really, I'm sure you hear this a lot, but it doesn't feel like there really is one. We work with so many different partners and so many, um, different projects that it's, it's hard to, to say that, but, um, you know, I think interfacing with, with partners, especially our hotel partners and trying to figure out different ways where we can drive room nights and overnight business. I have a wonderful director of sales. That's really the, at the forefront of those initiatives. We spend a lot of time talking about the creative side of things. Uh, what events are coming up? Uh, what other businesses haven't we maybe shed some light on or how can we package certain things together and, and promote, um, you know, a, a weekend stay here, things like that. Um, so we, we do spend a lot of time on marketing. Um, you know, we work like I had said, uh, we have a 19-member board of directors, so keeping them engaged and informed about what's going on. I think one thing I've really learned since stepping into a leadership role and, and working with a consultant actually on this part too is um, trying to find that balance between being in the business and on the business. And it's still something I'm figuring out and working on every day. So I, I like to get my hands dirty. I, I love especially the marketing pieces of things. That's my background and, and what I really enjoy. Um, but trying to also take that step back and spend time working on the long range planning and where can we go and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, every day is very different. But those are some of the big things that I, I spend my time on. So like like many entrepreneurial businesses, uh, it's very competitive. Yes. You have some big competitors, right? Yes. You have New York City trying to fill hotel rooms Absolutely. and attract visitors in San Francisco. Uh, but as a small entrepreneurial organization, you sort of have a, you know, you're more agile and maybe yes. you can act faster. You can do things uh, a, a little more quickly. Uh, so how do you think about your competition and how do you sort of, you know, if you're, if you're trying to get some people here, what's your sort of pitch to get them, Hey, come here to Schenectady County versus going to county, county XYZ. You know, it's being such a young organization, we're actually taking a lot of time to do some A-B testing and really figure out what that messaging is. We know we've got some great resources. We have the casino, which is a destination in and of itself. Uh, we have our ale trail, our Schenectady County breweries. Proctor's has been a mainstay for such a long time. And so, uh, so a lot of people may not know what Let's define oh, those sure. things. Right? Let's build that out a little bit because yes. we have listeners that are all around the world. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully one of the things from, from this podcast is people can learn from what you guys are doing Wonderful. here yeah. and say, oh, hopefully not increase your competition. <laughs> but, you know, maybe other parts of the country 
uh, can can learn from you know how you're being entrepreneurial and sort of doing this. But so let's just go through those couple things that sure. people won't know so what they are. Our bigger destinations in the county: uh, Rivers Casino and Resort, uh, brand new facility right on the water. It's beautiful. They took a, a brownfield essentially that was um, part of the American Locomotive Company and. Uh, took care of abating what was going on environmentally there and built this brand new, just beautiful casino event center, a lovely hotel attached to it. Um, And then just down the road, less than a mile's walk away, there's an apartment complex and some retail space. So it's really become a a great, I hesitate to use the word neighborhood because that makes it sound uh, smaller than it is, but, you know, a great destination in and of itself with restaurants and uh, hotels and and the apartments there and some retail and office space. Um, So that's within the last three years really come into its own as a, as a destination. Proctor's Theater is a, a vaudeville-style historic theater right in the heart of our, our downtown, and they underwent a multi-million dollar renovation about, I want to say 15, maybe 20 years ago, um, to accommodate large-scale touring Broadway productions. And what's been really exciting is some of those productions are actually teching here in Schenectady, so they'll bring in these huge casts and the crews for one, two months at a time, and they actually start their tours. They figure out the staging, the lighting, all of that here in Schenectady. And so we have a real treasure in their executive director and CEO, Philip Morris. Um, And then our Schenectady County Ale Trail was something that actually we – the breweries created themselves, but we helped to package them um, right out of our office. It was an in- initiative that kicked off about a year ago. So we have six um, small and medium-sized breweries in our county. Um, it's it's craft beer right now, but there are some other craft beverage producers popping up in the county that we're trying to bring into the fold as well. So those are some of our, our larger pieces that we've just kind of tried to see what messages resonate. I think in marketing, you have to be small and agile and see what resonates and what doesn't and and how you can tweak things. But in terms of that larger story, I think one really nice thing is in New York State, while we might be competing for visitors, there's a really great coalition of people and organizations that are doing what we do for every county in New York State um, and, and some of the, you know, New York City as well. We meet very regularly, uh, both as regional. So I have uh, regular monthly meetings with our capital region colleagues. There's six counties kind of in our immediate mm-hmm. vicinity, and uh, we work together. And then on a, a statewide level, there's lots of excuses for us to come together and share ideas and see how we can cross-promote one another. And so what I've really loved about learning the tourism industry is, well, yes, like heads, heads and beds, everyone is kind of competing for that. Most of us are funded in some way through hotel tax. We're sharing ideas and sharing creative ways to cross-promote one another, create packages together. And so I I look at it less as a competition and more as a a rising tides, float all boats Mm -hmm. type scenario. Mm And when you, how do you do your outreach? Let's first talk about the businesses here, right? Sure. So how, what, what do you do to sort of get them on board and, and get them to buy in and participate? You know, that's a constant struggle. And, and it's not because there's not interest, but uh, especially in the hospitality industry, when you think about restaurants and hotel partners and small business owners, they work crazy hours, right? And so, um, you know, emails just don't cut it. And we certainly do that. Um, we have some informative emails that we send out biweekly to partners, but a a lot of it really needs to be face-to-face, and that is one of the larger challenges when uh, we're a small staff of just three of us full-time. But um, any big initiative that we've done has always been you know, a handshake, a face-to-face. That's where it starts to explain it in person and try to make sure you're meeting people 
on their level and in their space so that they know that you're invested in in their location. My stepdad is a small business owner. He owns a bicycle shop in Albany. Um, it's okay that it's not Schenectady. We still support him too. And I kind of grew up with that message of, you know, there's things you can buy into and we certainly love our partner organizations that are membership based, but we're not. So we don't charge a fee. Um, we are looking at some advertising packages and things to have a little bit of revenue generation, but there's no cost to be represented by Discover Schenectady as long as you're a hospitality business in the mm-hmm. county. Um, but I think people are always very wary of that. And so those face-to-face meetings really help when I can go to a, a bar owner and say, I'm not looking for any money from you right now, but would you participate by potentially giving a discount or you know whatever it is that we're working on? And I think that face-to-face connection and making sure they understand that we're not there just to line our pockets, but that we really care about developing the industry, um, the, you know, the tourism industry and, and that hospitality vibe of Schenectady, I think helps a yes. lot. And how do you do the outreach to potential individuals to come here? How does that happen? We rely largely on digital. Um, I, I am a millennial, and so I think it's it's been funny to come into the industry and sit around with some colleagues that have been working in print for a long time, and they've got these great um, relationships and you know, being brand new, we're very um, sensitive to the need to show results. And digital is a very easy and relatively inexpensive way to track that. You know, we can certainly always use more money to increase our reach and things like that. But um, social media, our website ads, um, we have a great website company that we work with who also helps place um, digital advertising for us. And all of those things are trackable. So we know who's clicking on, you know, our, our web placements. We know how much traffic we're getting. Uh, we know who's booking through promo codes that we set up with our hotels so that we can try to always drive that story back to these are the things that we're, we're working on and that we're driving so that we can show results. I think as we grow and, and develop that brand and are a little bit more well-known, we'll be able to go into some of those other more traditional forms of media, but um, I'm, I'm a digital native, and, mm-hmm. and that certainly is the world that I operate in. So it's it's easy at this point in time for us, easier to tell our story uh, with the metrics that we can gather through digital advertising. So is there a particular demographic that you're sort of going after or targeting? We are honestly, again, kind of still A-B testing that and working it out. Um, you know, our most of our followers, and this is true of most social media users, we're a little, we're skewed a little toward women. Um, 35 to 55 tends to be the age range that we see the most engagement from, which is great because those are folks that have some more disposable income. So if we can get them here, uh, we can share a lot of ways that they can, you know, funnel that back into our, our local economy and, and shop local and buy local, eat local, all of those things. Um, so that, that seems to be what's resonating right now, but we're certainly looking, you know, millennials are are a huge uh, component of the travel industry and kind of up and coming, and there's a certain way that they like to travel. So we're doing some research now on potential campaigns to really target that audience. But I'm a big believer in kind of going deeper versus broader. And so uh, we've spent a lot of time kind of cultivating that audience that seemed to be resonating with us from the, the very beginning. And um, how do you, oh, let me take a step back. Are there folks that you partner with? I think you sort of talked about the adjoining counties and you guys sort of get together, but are there like other larger organizations you partner with or 
or do things together with, or maybe some businesses you partner with? Certainly, and and we're always open. Again, being a new organization, we've looked for ways uh, in the, over the last two years to get our name out wherever we possibly can. So uh, specific to our county, we have um, some wonderful people represented on our board of directors. And so we, we've really kind of tapped those resources that we have immediately around our table to do things, uh, working with Rivers Casino and Resort to put on a free concert series. They did the lion's share of the work we, we helped spot sponsor it. But, you know, um, signing on to help with efforts like that and, and promote um, larger concert series. Our county has a special events program and they put on large events too. So making sure we have a presence at things like that. Um, we did dip our toe into the water of planning some of our own events with a staff of three. That is very difficult. So um, we've leaned on other organizations that are already doing that work. Uh, we have some other great free concert series. Uh, one of our board members, Mona Golub, she puts on a um, it was the 35th, I believe, season this year um, at our park, um, Central Park here in Schenectady. And um, she does an awesome international music series. And, and uh, Freedom Park also down in Scotia. So, we, you know, we cover a whole county. Having a presence at these these other places, it's really helped with that that branding piece and that, that local pride. So they mm-hmm. see Discover Schenectady and they know that um, we're in, engaging in that kind of work. So um, honestly, the, the nice part about it is we haven't had to do as much outreach on that because a lot of these folks are seeking seeking us out to partner with. And so Very that's nice. Been, been nice. Is there a sort of a, a geographic focus that you you rely on for your campaigns? We're really starting now to outreach to drive-in markets. So we've been taking a look... Uh, Year over year, our website launched. I don't in, know what a drive-in market uh, is. Drive, uh, drive, driving distance. Oh, okay. So um, somewhere within like a three to four hour driving distance here. Um, though we do have the airport very close by, I think uh, the drive-in market is a little bit more low-hanging fruit. Folks looking for maybe an easy weekend getaway and packaging things together that makes sense um, across the board. So now that we've we've got that local piece and that branding here in the capital region, um, that's where we're first starting to expand to. So what we've really done is looked at our website website traffic year over year and where we're seeing the most traction. Um, New York City is part drive-in market, but part part train-in market too. Um, So that's certainly a market that we're going to start to tap into a bit more, though the the noise there is is much greater. Um, We also see a lot of traffic from Syracuse, from Utica, um, even from Boston. So we're we're looking at where those pockets are that our messaging seems to be resonating, and that's where we're really going to start investing some some time and money into digital campaigns. Okay. And so how do you how do you sort of figure out how well you're doing? That is a conversation we have with the board all the time. Uh, I don't mean you personally, <laughs> but as an organization, right? How Absolutely. do you measure results? And, and being a brand new organization, it is hard. What are the KPIs? And there's a lot of stakeholders um, around, the, around the room and locally, because even if uh, – even if it's a restaurant business that's not necessarily paying to be represented by us, we're still telling that story of Schenectady. So we want to make sure that um, we are holding ourselves accountable to all of these different folks. Um, you know, talking a lot about digital, we're able to gather a lot of data that way. Looking at our engagement, who's liking, sharing, commenting, the heat mapping that. What are the what's the um, you know, are people, is it positive or negative uh, comments? And largely it's been positive, which has been great to see. I'm, I always get nervous about that. And now that we've been in it for a few years, um, 
we rarely see negative comments, which is is pretty fantastic. Um, so heat mapping in that way is something that we also do. Website traffic is huge. On the, the meetings and event side and the, the hotel room side, there are reports that we get monthly with occupancy so we can track um, how full our hotel rooms are. My sales director works with meetings and events, and we're always tracking proposals and business won and lost in terms of conferences and meetings that we bring in, uh, bring into the county. So there's a lot of pockets of information, and the, one of the greater challenges is bringing it together in bite-sized ways that our, our board and our stakeholders can really uh, commit to and, and, and sink their teeth into. Mm-hmm. And so that's been um, an interesting journey to see who, who's looking at what and what's become important to certain folks around the table and how do we share that those stories. Is there a seasonality to the, the quote-unquote, the tourism business here? Absolutely. And that's a big conversation we had in our strategic planning session just a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, we certainly feel um, f- feel full in the summertime. There's a lot going on in the region. Um, we certainly get some business from Saratoga, um, some compression from that market. The Saratoga racetrack is very historic. And for those who aren't familiar, it's, uh, I believe, now an eight-week season. Um that they extended in the summer. And I mean, the hotels there are just packed. Their downtown is brimming folks coming to the Saratoga racetrack. And, uh, we, we started in our first year, we kind of dipped into that market a little and did some advertising, you know, stay in Schenectady. And it's, it's a very easy drive to Saratoga. And we've got plenty of restaurants when everything there feels full. But what we started to realize is we were getting that business anyway. And so how do we start to expand into what um, they call in tourism the shoulder seasons? And so uh, looking at ways now to see where there are some pockets where we could really fill and make a difference. And sort of at this point, being as small staffed as we are, putting our resources into those quieter times and letting the rest kind of just riding the wave of the rest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if if someone from... uh another part of the country called you up and says, hey, Becky, I just got the same job you have, and I'm here in Kansas City. What's your words of wisdom for me? I think the biggest thing, and, and you know, people in the industry, you definitely see folks uh, transition jobs and go to, and take jobs in new places in new markets. Um, I think I was very lucky that I'm a, a native Schenectadian, and that certainly helped me as I was learning the ropes. Um, but even with that, there was still a level of trust that needed to be developed between myself and not just my board that I report to, but these businesses that I'm asking to entrust me with telling that story. So the biggest thing I can say is to be out there. And it's exhausting. I mean, it's people say all the time, oh, your job looks like so much fun. And it absolutely is, but you need to be out there, uh, eating, drinking, mingling, networking. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm an introvert, so that stuff takes kind of a lot out of me. But it, it is important to really, you know, have your face be seen um, and and build that trust with your partners because it's going to make them want to work with you. And and you have to know your product, know what you're selling. Right. So really, spending the first few months just listening, doing mm-hmm. a lot of listening, and um, and learning learning the landscape. Uh, what do you? How do you look? How do you view the next couple of years here in in uh, in Schenectady? We are trying to figure that out, and so that strategic planning session is kicking off a series of conversations with our board. Um, you know, I certainly have my own opinions, but I want to make sure I'm I'm sourcing from the the folks I report to. I think we really need to pick those next few things that we want to hone in on and, and decide where we can really make a difference. Um, I love working with our Ale Trail, our our six county breweries 
are very collaborative. And so it's a, a fun story to tell. And it's a fun group to work with because they're there and they get it and they, they do compete, but but they don't at the same time. And it's so cool to watch that magic happen when you get representatives from all six of the breweries around the room together. So um, if I had my druthers, which is a bit of a pun because that's the name of one of our, our breweries here, uh, I would really want to invest a lot of time and effort into that. And that's definitely part of the conversation. I think um, we have another an awesome culinary scene here as well. Uh, we have a, an amazing entertainment scene between Proctor's Theater and the casino. So those are all some areas that we can really hone in on. We're also looking at weddings. Um, that's a very easy um, kind of low-hanging fruit for hotel rooms. When you have a wedding somewhere locally, you're, you're definitely going to see business out of that. And not just the rooms, but uh, rehearsal dinners and potentially you know gift local gift bags and all of these other pieces of things that come together. Um, um, so that's something we're looking into too. And I think we are, um, we're in that process of, you know, the first couple of years, our strategic plan was to build the organization. We need staff, we need a website, we need a social media presence. Um, and now we're at that precipice of where we're figuring out where do we really want to put in our, our energy. And cause again, I like to go, to go deep and really focus on yes. something versus trying to be too many things to too many people. Yeah. yeah. Great. So is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't? I think we, we definitely covered a lot. Um, I don't think so. Well, great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to be on the, on the podcast. Uh, and I think that, you know, for me, one of the big takeaways is that is, this is really a very entrepreneurial approach Absolutely. to sort of driving this type of economic development sort of in a, in a broader sense. Uh, so thanks again for being here, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Bela, great interview. What struck you about your conversation with Becky? So, you know, uh, the challenge is one of the things that really struck me. If, if you look at uh, many uh, cities in the Northeast and uh, in the Rust Belt, as it's called in the United States, or any place in the world, uh, you know, Schenectady was once a booming industrial city. Uh, GE alone uh, o- employed over 65,000 people in the greater Schenectady area in the late 50s and 60s. And today it's less than 4,000. Uh, so if you think about the impact that something like that has on a, on a region, uh, and, and Becky's job is to try to help revitalize uh, this, this part of the, of the region and the city. And so there's a lot of people who, who are doing this. There's a lot of folks in sort of economic development, business development, uh, tourism, uh, whatever whatever labels you want to put on it. And uh, there's really a lot of challenges. And uh, so what I was impressed by was sort of her entrepreneurial approach to uh, uh, having a big goal, but working at the grassroots, uh, reaching out to the local businesses, uh, trying to engage with the local businesses to understand what their needs are. Uh, and I think this is a key point here. Uh, you know, economic development people have a really, really tough challenge. Uh, they don't know what your business is like. Uh, they don't know all the different industrial sectors or the different business sectors and what their needs are. And I think as uh, entrepreneurs or business owners, uh, you have a responsibility um, or an opportunity, I should say, uh, to engage with these folks in economic development, folks in tourism, um, and and work with them and help educate them and help guide them and make sure they understand what your needs are 
uh, in your business. Uh, because if they do that, you're going to be more successful. They're going to be more successful. Um, and, and the whole region will grow. Totally agree, Bela. I mean, I've met several of these folks and every single one that I met had great intentions. Some actually didn't have entrepreneurial experience, right? That didn't disqualify them for the job or anything. They had all kinds of political knowledge. They had ideas. They knew how to get grants and things like this, but they didn't know a lot. Um, and that's not their fault. And I think entrepreneurs can be like, oh, well, you should know this and that and the other. And there's automatically sometimes a little bit of friction there. So I think um, A, entrepreneurs need to be open to the fact that, yeah, these people are connected and have resources that I may myself not have access to. And that, like you said, B, that, yeah, you got to do a little bit of, of kind of explanation and teaching in a, in a sense that, hey, this is, this is where my, my, uh, my needs are. And the other thing is, you know, use these people to ask questions. Like some entrepreneurs that I know are, don't even want to get involved with social media. And there's a few uh, um, regional economic development organizations that do great things with social media. How can you tap into that or vice versa, right? You might, you, you as an entrepreneur would be great at social media and the economic development person might not be. So you really need to figure out where your strengths and weaknesses are. And you can only do that by having a conversation and listening to each other. So I think that there's, that is, this is one of the gaps that I've seen in lots of different communities here in Germany too, because I live in an area not too far from here was a lot of coal and steel. And those industries have obviously shrank um, and the economy is changing to digital and um, innovation-based and pharma and things like that. Um, so, you know, it's, a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting tool that's, I think, undervalued and, and underused in a lot of places. So I totally agree with what you're saying, that it's hard when your world changes. You need all the help you can get, and entrepreneurs should take that help, but they need to realize that there's going to be some back and forth and some growing and some sharing and, and things like that. So I don't want to get all group huggy on this and everything, but I, you know, I've heard frustration from both people. Some of my friends have been economic developers and some of my friends as entrepreneurs, and there's that friction there. Yeah, I think it's, it's like with many things in life and in business, you, you, you got to sit down and have a conversation, uh, get to know each other understand each other. And uh, uh, probably seven out of 10 times, you're going to find some common ground and common territory and uh, be able to work together uh, for the betterment of both organizations. Yep. And Becky was a great example of some cool creative ideas that can come out of that relationship and, and some of the network that she's built uh, in the Schenectady area and uh, continue to have some success in bringing back, yeah, as you made the point so excellently, you know, a community that has gone through a tremendous amount of trauma um, and is rebuilding itself in interesting ways. And there's, like you said, there's this story is repeated over and over again with varying results all over the country and the world. There's no one model that I know of that works. You can't just cookie cutter it and say, ah, this worked here, so it'll work in my town. Uh, people have tried and failed to imitate um, what's worked. It's always a mix. You know, it always is leveraging the resources of the community, figuring out how you can differentiate and distinguish yourself from other tourist uh, destinations uh, to figuring out something that's new and unique um, that, that, that you can bring to the table. And that's just like starting any business. So a regional economic development effort is in and of itself like starting an entrepreneurial business. What's the market? How can you figure out what the needs of that market are? And how can you work together to coordinate things to create a product or service that meets those needs that people are going to be satisfied and, and really thrilled to come in and work, shop, play, study, whatever in your, in your region. So uh, great story, and I think something that will resonate with a lot of people as they think about, oh, yeah, that's really something that we could probably w work a little more on. Yeah, you know, you made a great point there, Mike, that 
economic development, uh, tourism, etc. These are really entrepreneurial organizations, and uh, oftentimes uh, they they don't realize that they're entrepreneurial, and they view themselves as uh, some governmental or public sector organization. And I think that uh, Becky is a great example of someone who understands that they're entrepreneurial and they need to be entrepreneurial in nature, and that uh, if they behave that way, um, they'll understand what the opportunities are, and they can help their fellow entrepreneurs uh, grow, and, and their fellow entrepreneurs will be eager to work with them. Yeah. I mean, they're in a tough position if you think about it. They're oftentimes grant-funded, so they have very specific mission and reporting requirements. They're wedged into a political organization of, like, county or local government, right? They have to be entrepreneurial, and they're working with a tough crowd, right? If you think of the entrepreneurs in any little area, any town, any neighborhood, whatever, and they're usually, like, these really cool, but, like, I mean, think of all the entrepreneurs that we've known in our life, right? They're a little crazy. They're risk takers. They're interesting. They're creative. They're hard workers. They're right. They don't want to. They don't want to um, give anything away, right? They've worked hard for what they've built. Um, but that's a tough crew to work with, right? Talk about trying to herd cats, right? So I think, yeah, a little bit of understanding on everybody's part of what the the big picture is here, um, and really can try to create a win win. That's really what everybody who's involved in economic development wants to do. They want to create a win win. Yep. I think you said it well, Mike. Uh, Very well. Uh, Should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. We are really happy you joined us for our podcasting adventure this week, and we hope you found the last hour interesting and thought-provoking. We have a few small requests. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, or topics, or potential guests, uh, contact us. Uh, Our email is bela.and.mike at gmail.com. And if you like what we're doing, hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. It's free, and uh, it really helps us. Uh, Also, if you really want to be radical, uh, write us a quick review. Uh, Other people who are thinking about listening or subscribing to a podcast read these reviews, and uh, I'm sure your comments will help them decide. And uh, if you have a critical review, uh, you can write that as well. Uh, But also, please send that to us in an email, because uh, we love to hear from our listeners and we think you guys, we do this for you guys. And uh, so um, we love to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, that's it for this week. Thanks for spending time with us. We look forward to joining uh, for you joining us for our next episode. So signing off from uh, Münster, Germany. See you next week, Bela. All right, Mike. Signing off from upstate New York. Take care. This podcast is produced for Mike and I by our friends at Busy Media of Schenectady, New York. They can be found at busymedia.co.